everyone, my name is Zachary Rodier and welcome to episode 58 of 614 Check here on the Sterling Gray Sports Radio Podcast Network. And we have a lot to talk about in this show as, as the Ohio State women's hockey team season came to a heartbreaking end as they fell to the Wisconsin Badgers 1-0 in the national championship game in Minnesota Duluth in the Frozen Four. We have a lot to talk about around that game. Also, there is still a bright side as Sophie Jakes won the Patty Kazmaier Award. We'll then get into the men's hockey team as their dance in the NCAA tournament is about to begin. We'll also discuss the Columbus Blue Jackets as well. But without further ado, let's get right into this week's focus, breaking down everything from the women's Frozen Four. Enjoy. Let's now get into this week's focus here on 614 Check as we break down the Frozen Four for the Ohio State Buckeyes. As the women's hockey team were able to head up to Minnesota Duluth and take on Northeastern first in the semifinal game of the Frozen Four. And this was a pretty great game for this Ohio State Buckeyes team. It was absolute domination. And this was a game where the Buckeyes outshot uh, the Huskies by a huge margin, 53-15. to 15, uh, And that just showed you that margin right there was just an unbelievable effort from Ohio State, beating the Northeastern Huskies 3 to nothing. Amanda Teeley getting a shutout in that game, playing out of her mind and really keeping this one for Ohio State, but it was also an all-around great team effort for this Buckeyes team. Uh, in one of the videos the Ohio State women's hockey team posted on social media, you could hear Nadine Muzzerall, the head coach of the women's hockey team, in the locker room saying, you know, for seven years as a Buckeye, that was one of the best games she's ever seen this team play, and they really came out firing. Definitely want to show that they deserve to be in the national title game, and they did so. I mean, it was a pretty crazy game, and we talked about last week on episode 57 right away that it was a third line that was going to be really key for the Buckeyes in a game against Northeastern like this, and it was Sloan Matthews who got the first goal for Ohio State, and it was Kenzie Hosworth and McKenna Webster who got the assist on that one, and it was originally going to be a 1-1 game Northeastern, got on the board, um, but ultimately, the goal got called off for a hand pass, which was a fantastic coach's challenge by the Ohio State coaching staff. Um, but Ohio State held Northeastern without a shot on goal for the first nine minutes of the game. And after the first period, it was 18-4 for the Buckeyes in the shots, which just showed you the amount of intensity and relentlessness that Ohio State had on the forecheck, the back check, and everything around it was just putting everything on net against Phillips. He's just an absolutely fantastic goalie. Won goaltender of the year in the entire NCAA women's hockey sphere. And that's what the Buckeyes had to do to try to beat her. Just pepper her over and over again with a lot of shots. And that's what they did. Uh, Ohio State even killed off a 5-on-3 penalty kill. Um, and then it was McKenna Webster who got a great goal right in the slot. Uh, goal was assisted by Gardner and Rosenthal. And then ultimately the final goal of the game. And as we'll talk about uh, when the Buckeyes played Wisconsin later on, 
The Buckeyes' last goal of the Frozen Four was Hadley Hartmitz uh, scoring in this game. And it was an absolute rip of a shot from the blue line. It uh, was really great to see Hartmitz get a goal there and continue to get the Buckeyes going. Um, there were 20 shots on goal in the third period. Northeastern trying to get three goals in that period. Only had three shots the entire third, uh, which is just absolutely insane. It just shows you how big Ohio State was on top of this Northeastern team and just completely dominating them on every single front. Um, but ultimately, this was a huge one for Ohio State. Uh, and actually, those three shots were only in the second period. And, you know, this was a game that Ohio State really wanted to get going for. Uh, they definitely showed for sure that they wanted to be um, in that national title game. They wanted to show that Northeastern, um, you know, that WCHA hockey with that physicality, with the shots, uh, was definitely superior. And they showed Northeastern up in a huge way in this game. And you could start to sense that this would be some sort of stepping stone and momentum going for the Buckeyes into the national title game, which unfortunately for Ohio State did not turn um, to their benefit. Let's talk about the national title game. So Ohio State defeated Northeastern on Friday moved on to Sunday to play Wisconsin, who beat Minnesota uh, in the second game on Friday in overtime. So Wisconsin did not practice on Saturday. Ohio State did. Wisconsin was, you know, feeling rested, trying to rest and not overdo themselves after playing late on Friday night. Uh, and it was an interesting call. People weren't sure which way it would go, if it would come to Wisconsin's benefit or not, but ultimately it seemed like it did go Wisconsin's way. So at the start of the national title game, it was Ohio State-Wisconsin. Wisconsin technically the underdog, of course, uh, being the unseeded team as, uh, of course, the Buckeyes fell to the Wisconsin Badgers in the national championship game, one to nothing. Uh, Ohio State will be the national runners-up. And Wisconsin won the national championship for the seventh time in program history, uh, which is just an unbelievable feat. And this was the first time Ohio State was shut out all season long, and definitely not at the best time for Ohio State as they were denied the back-to-back -back national championships. Uh, and you know this was a team that all season long, um, this was a team that you know, was so offensive-minded, averaged more than four goals a game, and being held scoreless in the national championship game is definitely one that's a difficult pill to swallow for this Buckeyes team, I can only imagine. They didn't have trouble generating good scoring opportunities all game, um, and they were outshot, or excuse me, shut out, like I said, for the first time this season. It's the first time they were shut out for the first time in 57 games, if we look back from last season as well. The Buckeyes had 31 shots on goal compared to the Badgers' 21, which is still a nice 10-shot margin, and Ohio State usually gets into the 40-50 area. So Ohio State wasn't even able to get all the shots that they wanted to do. Cami Cronish, who was the um, most valuable player in the Frozen Four for Wisconsin, he played an unbelievable game, keeping everything out of the net, skates, saves, and everything around. You have to give sticks, taps to her. 
He played a great game for the Badgers, and that created a lot of trouble. But usually for Ohio State, when they handle a lot of great goaltenders and when a Phillips of Northeastern or Emma Soderberg of UMD, it's Ohio State who peppers in a lot of shots, gets the rebound opportunities. But Tammy Cronish had amazing rebound control, not allowing Ohio State to really get rebound chances. And Ohio State also only 31 shots a lot of the times when they're facing off against these amazing goalies, they usually get into the 40-50 range uh, at certain times. And it was just one goal that was scored in this entire game between two really offensive-minded teams, but it ultimately was just a one-goal game. Wisconsin scored the only goal 14 minutes into the game. Kirsten Sims um, scored on a hard shot. It was a beautiful shot. Had her exact corner picked on the top right of Ohio State's goaltender, Amanda Teeley. Uh, and Ohio State ultimately finishing the season 33-6-2. Uh, Wisconsin finishing 29-10-2. And, uh, and it was very defensive in that first period. Both teams weren't able to get a lot of great looks, but it was just a quick rush all the way around for Kirsten Sims. Um, and Wisconsin was doing a great job entering the zone very quickly with a lot of speed. And they just had their pocket picked. Sims found the perfect way to beat Teeley there. But ultimately, Teeley was fantastic the rest of this game. Didn't allow another goal in. Had 20 saves in this one. And she definitely put everything on the line. Kept Ohio State in this game throughout the entire time. But, of course, you know, if Ohio State can't score, there's nothing that the defense and Amanda Teeley can do if the Buckeyes were not able to get one. And... This was just Ohio State in the second period. They had some penalties they had to kill. Um, but it was Ohio State that had a lot of different opportunities, especially midway through the second period. Uh, Jenna Buglioni had uh, five shots on goal, had a really great chance right on Cronish, but it was just high. Uh, and then Wisconsin took control of the end of that second period with around 90 seconds of crazy offensive pressure that seemed like a Wisconsin power play, but they were at full strength. And ultimately, Wisconsin went on the power play uh, in the third period. Ohio State killed it. And then that's when they really had to start turn things the other way. But Wisconsin did such a great job just not allowing Ohio State to have that time and space really create a lot of different opportunities. Buglioni had an amazing sliding pass to Levis, who just couldn't get the shot above Kami Cronish's pads. Um, ultimately, Cronish made another glove save on Madison Bizzle's shot. Um, the Buckeyes were creating chaos right in front, but ultimately Amanda Teeley uh, was pulled. The Buckeyes tried to put pressure on. Um, then the Badgers uh, went to um, the power play for the last few seconds there, uh, and the game was over. Uh, and Wisconsin just really shut things down defensively throughout this entire game, not allowing Ohio State to get much opportunities. And I don't think, you know, Ohio State, they definitely didn't play the same game that they did against Northeastern, which was just absolute domination. And Ohio State put everything, I feel like, on the line. They tried very hard, and they played a nice game, but it was just Wisconsin who came out really strong defensively. Kami Cronish played out of her mind, and that was really the difference maker. I think Cronish definitely uh, was the difference maker in that game, helped the Badgers win. Uh, she was the key, and really, um, 
definitely deserved the player of the tournament because that's what kept this game one nothing. Ohio State put a lot of amazing opportunities. If there was another goaltender in there, would that Levis goal have gone in? Would things on that Bizal shot gone in? You know, there's so many open question marks. You just don't know how everything would take place. But ultimately for Ohio State, it just did not go their way in this game. And it really did seem that Wisconsin, despite not practicing on Friday and having the heavy let or not practicing Saturday, excuse me, and having the heavy legs um, from the overtime game, they were the ones that really came out with a lot of power and a lot of juice, um, which I think was very surprising, at least from my point of view. Uh, and Ohio State, well, they had a lot to prove in this game to prove that they could go back to back. It just seemed that Wisconsin didn't put and settled their type of game, very four-check type game of a lot of physicality of Wisconsin. And Ohio State, who's really on that high-power offense, were not able to get set up uh, for a lot of different opportunities. And something that Ohio State has done this entire season has just been maintaining a lot of offensive zone pressure and creating the opportunities by continuing to pass and cycle things in and hem the opponent in the D zone. But Wisconsin did a really great job breaking out the puck, put into the neutral zone, and breaking it in without any icings that continued to help uh, this Badgers team uh, defend Ohio State really nicely and not allow anything for this Buckeye team, which, again, is really rare. First time the Buckeyes have been shut out in 57 games, which is just unbelievable. And obviously, it didn't come at a great time for this Buckeyes team, but Ultimately, it's very unfortunate uh, for Buckeye fans and Buckeyes that they did not get the back-to-back. Um, they definitely played a great Frozen Four, in my opinion. The Northeastern game was absolute domination. They put their heart and effort. You could definitely see it on the ice today against Wisconsin. And while you don't get the win, you always want to know that you put everything out there. And I think Ohio State really did well. It was Cami Cronish for Wisconsin that just played so hard and was really... Uh, creating difficulties for this Ohio State team. But you definitely have to feel for this Ohio State team with Emma Malte, who never uh, got a national championship now after missing last season to get a gold medal, which is still a fantastic award to get. But a lot of the players and the seniors in this group, um, the seniors that won't play another game for Ohio State, uh, you're talking about the fifth years and the sixth year, and Emma Malte, Sophie Jakes, Madison Bizzle, Gabby Rosenthal, Hayden Levis. Um, I believe those are that group right there. And that those are players that have meant so much to this Buckeyes team over the past five to six years. It's going to be very different to see the Buckeyes beat without them next season for sure. Um, so you definitely could see on ESPNU today, uh, them showing Ohio State's emotions and M. Malte and everyone like that as the Buckeyes were exiting the ice. It was a very difficult sight to see, and you have to feel for those players. Uh, but they also know that they put everything out there on the line. Had a fantastic season at the Buckeyes' first ever Julianne by Cup. Uh, and we're going to see how this Buckeyes team will continue to improve next year. A new class of freshmen coming in. Um, the freshmen this year. Expect for them to step up and continue to grow in their sophomore seasons. You have a lot of seniors right now that maybe uh, will use their uh, fifth year 
Uh, the transfer portal also is starting to open, um, whether players will come into Ohio State or out or anything like that. Um, so there's still a lot uh, to think about in the future for this Buckeyes team. Um, but this is a program that has continued to grow over and over again. Being a runner-up in the national championship, of course, they wanted to go back-to-back. -back, but that's something to be really excited about of how this team is continuing to grow. I mean, when these graduate students, these fifth and sixth years, entered Ohio State, and we talked to Emma Malte when she was on the show, this was a team that was not making national championship runs at all. I'm just seeing where this team has gone from when the players entered Ohio State to where they are now, um, winning a national championship, being a runner-up this season. That's definitely uh, something you have to hold your head high about uh, when you're looking back on you know, the past five, six years of how this program has grown under Nadine Muzzerall, the head coach of the women's hockey team. Uh, and that's fantastic overall. And you know, one huge milestone of, well, the Buckeyes did not win the national championship. They did bring back some hardware in Sophie Jakes winning the first ever Patty Kazmaier Award for Ohio State. That goes to the best player in NCAA Women's Hockey of the year. And Sophie Jakes being a Patty Kazmaier Award winner, a huge congratulations to her. That is something so important um, to any program, but Ultimately, Sophie Jakes, uh, such an unbelievable player, a special player anytime on the ice. Ohio State is going to be very disappointed to lose her uh, as she no longer has any NCAA eligibility, but she is such a special player on the ice, making everyone better around her as well. Very deserving of this award. I thought last year as well, of course, Taylor Heisey won and was fantastic, uh, but this was Sophie Jakes' year to win it. Uh, I was so great that. They were able to do it in front of Buckeye fans, in front of a lot of people, with her teammates there, and seeing the emotions, uh, and seeing uh, how Sophie Chase was able to accept that award in person was absolutely fantastic. Uh, huge congratulations to her, and it just shows, you know, recruiting-wise too, seeing that they have a Patty Kazmaier Award winner, that if you want to win an award and grow as a player, um, that this is a university that you can really grow at. And let's not forget Sophie Jakes, a few years when she was a freshman, sophomore, and junior, wasn't really having, you know, those huge point seasons uh, and turned really up offensively very, very soon in her senior and fifth year as well. Uh, and that is just the growth that Sophie Jakes had over her time at Ohio State, which she has to be really excited about. Uh, and I definitely think she is a great candidate for national teams and everything like that in the near future. We will see how it all turns out again. But, you know, a huge congratulations to Sophie Jakes. That will do numbers for her career. She definitely deserves it. And it's a big deal to the Ohio State program as well. Obviously, it's a team award. Uh, that's what the players always say after it is an individual award because of all the players that help Sophie around her. That's what they always say. Um, but it really is, in my opinion, well, as I said, you know, it is a team award. It really is individual as well. Uh, and I think it's more individual. You know, 
the players, they like to be humble and say all these things as well. And uh, the team around her really helped her out. But Sophie is just an unbelievable player on and off the ice, a great student athlete, uh, doing what she's doing in civil engineering and all the community outreach and work she does as well and continues to excel on the ice. A very deserving honor there as the Patty Kazmaier winner. Uh, and now she will graduate in grad school and you know, Ohio State's going to be a different team next year, but again, uh, well, they did fall to Wisconsin and are the national runners-up. This is a team that has done so much over the past seven years of under Nadine Musrall, had a fantastic season this year, having many firsts, the first Patty Kassmeyer, first Julian by Cup, and a lot of different things around that as well. Um, so a big congratulations to Ohio State on a great season. Wisconsin played a fantastic game in this one as well. Kami Kronish, again, was unbelievable in this one. And, a, you know, stick taps to Wisconsin on winning the national championship there as well. And, you know, another WCHA team. And what we're lucky about is these teams will play at least four times next season as well for some national championship rematches, uh, which is going to be really cool to see. Um, so ultimately, the Buckeyes falling in the national championship game. Still a fantastic season for this Buckeyes team to hold their heads high on uh, as we now move on from the women's hockey team to the men's hockey team as they will move on to their NCAA tournament head dancing into their time to play Harvard as the NCAA tournament for the men's hockey team has been released. Uh, and this was a pretty interesting selection show, in my opinion, was what I was expecting. I thought Ohio State may be with a Minnesota or a Penn State or something like that. Um, but ultimately, it will be a different type of bracket for this men's hockey team. Uh, something that I definitely was not expecting. But nonetheless, let's take a look at this bracket right now. So there's... Three different regionals, of course, uh, you have three of them. The first one, uh, Minnesota is the number one seed. And then Michigan has is the ranked team in their regional. Then you move to number two, Quinnipiac, the number two seed, and they will be the only seeded team in their regional. And then number four, Denver, in another regional as well. So let's look at the other three regionals before we get to Ohio State. So one regional is Minnesota, number one. Uh, Canisius as number unranked, uh, but they will be playing Minnesota in the first round, 9 p.m. on the 23rd, uh, which will be this upcoming Thursday. On the 23rd as well in that regional will be uh, St. Cloud State versus Minnesota State, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, if we look on the 23rd as well, 5.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, number four, Denver, taking on Cornell. In the other regional, Boston University will be taking on Western Michigan, uh, 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And then uh, in the other regional on the 26th, uh, that is going to be on the Sunday. Michigan will take on Colgate. Penn State will take on Michigan Tech. And the winners of all of those regionals will play each other uh, in the second round of the quarterfinals and then ultimately to the Frozen Four. 
Let's look at Ohio State's regional. Uh, they will be headed um, to a great place. It will be actually on the 24th of February. That's going to be this coming Friday. Uh, as we look at it right now, Ohio State, they will be headed uh, to Total Mortgage Arena, and they will head to Bridgeport, Connecticut for the NCAA East Regional. Uh, the number three seed Buckeyes will take on number two Harvard at 2 p.m. Friday uh, on ESPNU. Uh, the other regional will be Quinnipiac, uh, the number two overall seed, the number one seed in this regional, and they will chase on the number four seed in that regional Merrimack with the teams meeting 5.30 p.m. Friday on ESPN News. The first round winners will then face off uh, at 4 p.m. on Saturday ESPN 2 for a spot in the NCAA Frozen Four in Tampa, Florida. Um, the national semifinals will be on April 6th with the national championship game on April 8th. This will be Ohio State's 10th appearance in the NCAA tournament. Uh, the squad reached the Frozen Four in 2018 and 1998, also earning a spot uh, in the NCAAs in 1999, 03, 04, 05, 09, 17, and 19. Uh, and the Buckeyes and Harvard have met just once ever before. Buckeyes winning 4-2 in the Ohio Hockey Classic in Columbus in 2008, uh, and overall under Steve Rock in the 10th year of his career at OSU, um, the Buckeyes had a season of 2015 and three on the year, finishing third in the Big Ten. So Ohio State, they are going to be taking on Harvard, which is a very good hockey club. This is going to be very exciting to see how this Buckeyes team can really continue to go forward. Um, they have a lot to prove, you know, obviously falling to Michigan, who won the Big Ten Championship against Minnesota in Minneapolis. So Ohio State, I feel like they have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. They haven't been in the NCAA tournament uh, in a little bit, of course, the last time being in 2019. So the Buckeyes primed to be back in this NCAA tournament. It's a great turn of events for this Buckeyes team to be back in it, into this 16-team uh, bracket with an at-large bid, uh, which is definitely exciting for this OSU team. But ultimately for the Buckeyes, uh, this is going to be a difficult task. You know, Harvard is a fantastic team, a different style of hockey team compared to the Big Ten. Just like when we're talking about women's hockey and you see Hockey East versus WCHA, they're definitely different styles, but Ohio State's going to have to learn very quickly how different teams play because none of them are Big Ten, whether they um, defeat Harvard and take on Merrimack or Quinnipiac. They're all different styles, but Ohio State, they have to focus on Harvard first. Special teams is going to be really important in this one. In my opinion, Ohio State leads the nation in the penalty kill 89.5%. Top 17 scoring offense in the NCAA. But Ohio State right now, with the special teams, if they can stay out of the box, that's going to be their best penalty kill. Well, they do have the best penalty kill in the nation. If you can stay out of the box and stay really disciplined, that's going to be important for this Buckeyes team. If they are able to get on the power play, they're going to have to take advantage on that. A 22.4% on the power play. 
that's going to be really crucial also being able to get the different momentums if Ohio State can score that first goal that's going to be really key for them to see how everything turns out in the near future for sure um but as we continue to go on here I think that if Ohio State plays a disciplined game they get out early Jakob Dobish didn't have the best game of his season against Michigan excuse me if he can continue to turn the page and get going. This is his first NCAA tournament experience. That's going to be really crucial. And, you know, there's a lot of players that have to come out big. I think Mason Lorai, the defenseman for the Buckeyes, he's got to have a big weekend. So does Jake Wise, Dobesh, as we talked about. But also some other players in there as well. Look for Scooter Bricky coming from Western Michigan last year, uh, who has some experience in the playoffs to try and bring this team uh, Buckeyes a little bit more he, he's a great defenseman but sometimes he turns the offense in a little bit more and starts to get a little offensively active look for him to be a key difference in this game as well if he can turn the offense on a little bit too but Stephen Halliday and all the freshmen going to be really key as well and everyone has to chip in play their game the Buckeyes want to play a great team and beat them in Harvard and ultimately if the Buckeyes do beat uh, Harvard moving on to the next day and playing Quinnipiac or Merrimack the Buckeyes do have the earlier game which is a huge advantage for sure um, but you know Ohio State if they do beat Harvard they're gonna have a difficult task in Merrimack or Quinnipiac and to try and book their ticket to the Frozen Four um, but definitely Ohio State they have the skill they have everything to do it they can definitely beat all these teams here if they play their game and do everything that they want to do uh, because they have beaten teams like Michigan and Minnesota in the past uh, in the Big Ten so they can definitely do so against opponents like this as well but they have to play to their identity stay smart stay disciplined have great defense and goaltending and if everything comes together this team can definitely punch their ticket to Tampa Bay and the Frozen Four but now as we move on from the Ohio State teams, let's now talk about the Columbus Blue Jackets as they headed to California for this weekend. And for the Blue Jackets, it was a road trip filled with a lot of different things going on. They beat the San Jose Sharks, which was a pretty big game for the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. And the Blue Jackets actually ended up winning that game in overtime 6-5, so only one point gained for the Blue Jackets compared to the San Jose Sharks. Then... They went on a back-to-back -back Thursday and Friday, losing to the LA Kings 4-1. Jonas Corposalo of the LA Kings did not play in that game, but Gavrikov, former Blue Jacket, did in fact do so. In the Anaheim Ducks game the following day, the Blue Jackets lost 7-4, which also is big in the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. And then the Blue Jackets headed to the Vegas Golden Knights, former Blue Jacket Jonathan Quick. Uh, who never played a game as a Jacket, did not play in this game. The Blue Jackets did end up falling 7-2. to Brad Larson currently not with the team, um, so Pascal Vincent uh, currently taking over the duties for the Blue Jackets, associate coach there. And actually, the Blue Jackets put Patrick Laine in the center position uh, for this game, and actually it seemed like things went pretty well. I know it was 7-2, to um, but defensively, the Blue Jackets uh, with Patrick Laine, it seemed like, you know, it wasn't necessarily a horrible fit for him. It's definitely a very interesting situation. We'll see if this continues to go through games, but 
this is something that you wouldn't think Patrick Laine being a center, especially with the defensive woes that he's had in the past, but he's picked it up recently defensively and offensively, and this could be an interesting fit if Patrick Laine is, you know, a new center for a long time for this Blue Jackets team. But for the CBJ this coming week, let's take a look at their upcoming schedule. Only three games this week. Washington on Tuesday, 7 p.m. Eastern on Valley Sports Ohio. And then on Friday, there will be a Canada Digest episode that will be at Nationwide Arena, 7 p.m. NHL Network, Valley Sports Ohio. And then they will head off to Montreal, Quebec, uh, as they will go to the Canadians, 7 p.m. on Saturday. Second part of that back-to-back, that game will be on Valley Sports Ohio at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So that's going to be it for the Blue Jackets this week. And, of course, the Ohio State women's hockey team, men's hockey team as well. So without further ado, let's get into the rapid headlines and College Corner. Let's get into the College Corner and rapid headlines here on 614 Check. Not a lot of things this week. We do know that the Blue Jackets assigned left wing Michael Pitta to um, the Cleveland Monsters uh, from uh, HCTPS. Uh, so that is something very interesting from the Liga that could help the Monsters on their playoff push. Blue Jackets also officially out of the playoffs, but a lot of different things have been going on. We know that Devin Levy uh, has officially signed a three-year entry-level contract going from Northeastern to the Buffalo Sabres. Emily Curlett, uh, of course, has been crowned as having the most busy vibes, according to the PWHBA this season. Congratulations to her. Was able to broadcast a few games with her uh, for Ohio State this year and a fantastic person and player, so big congratulations there as well. We also know Josh Doan uh, signed a three-year entry-level contract from ASU to theirs in the Coyotes organization. He will head to the Tucson Roadrunners the HL to play his first professional game. The NHL Big City Greens Classic, the animated version, which was absolutely sick and crazy. Uh, this was really, really cool. It was, of course, on Disney Channel. They took the live game uh, and created an animated version inside the cartoon world of Big City Greens, which is a Disney Channel show. And this was a really fun Cool experience that I think is definitely going to help grow the game. They had 765,000 viewers, and then the uh, telecast on ESPN was the most watched game since November 1st. So they had great numbers on ESPN and great numbers on Disney Channel, um, which having great numbers on both is just fantastic as it will continue to grow the game in big ways. Also know Sophie Jakes and Jen Garner were all Americans this year. A big congratulations to them. Blue Jackets also signed right winger Cameron Butler to a three-year entry-level contract. Um, but that's going to be it here for the Rapid Headlines and College Corner. Like I said, not much going on, but we will continue to go as we get closer to the playoff time. But without further ado, let's get right into the outro. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed episode 58 of 614 Check here on the Scarlet and Gray Sports Radio Podcast Network uh, and discussing the Ohio State women's hockey's fantastic season. Uh, Despite them falling short in the Frozen Four, Ohio State men's hockey, they will continue to move on and Blue Jackets get closer to their end of the season as well. Make sure you follow us on social media, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at the handle at 
61 Forchek, Forchek spelled F-O-R-E-C-H-E-C-K. But my name's Zachary Rodier, thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you on episode 59 of 61 Forchek. Thanks.